0: I would go so far as to tell you that if it's hard, it's probably right. Well, hey guys, and welcome back to the Kingdom Business Podcast. Thank you for joining me. You know, today the mood is going to be slightly different. I guess this one comes out of some frustration. Um, you know, one of the benefits of doing what I do for a day job is that I get to see a really broad spectrum of the entrepreneurs inside the kingdom of God, right? And, um, you know, I guess different denominations, different faith persuasions, those sort of things. And, and you know, like, like, you know, the, the extreme kind of chandelier swinging Pentecostals right through to the most conservative reserved denominations. And that's a beautiful thing that there is a a spectrum across the body of Christ but across that I get to see patterns and trends and there's a couple that are frustrating me in fact five which is what I'm going to be talking about on this podcast it's essentially the five things I want you to stop doing now you may not be doing all five maybe it's only one of the five maybe it's a couple of the five maybe it's five from five all right but essentially I am just gonna speak from the heart and true about what I'm seeing uh, and what's frustrating me and you will know whether I'm speaking to you or not. All right, the first thing that I really want you to stop doing is to stop second guessing your calling. I know what happens, I've seen it, And, and I was in my early stages of being a believer and a business person, I was this guy, so I know it, right? It's almost like at the start of the journey, it's always romantic, you know. Um, uh, the Lord has called me to this, right? And it's, and then we've got all the scriptures and the references of why He's called us. And but then, of course, you go into business and you start something, and it's hard and it's and you know, and, and normally with the first thing that annoys you, like or, or or is a roadblock, you you can get through it with sheer willpower right back in the beginning. The second thing kind of takes the wind out of your sails. The third thing that you come up against is hard, and and, and it's like, you know, many people say, you know, I'm not called to this anymore. Or he, here's the one that we where we blame God for our own mistakes. We say, God shut the door on that opportunity. Listen, I have heard it said many times that. People say, if it's hard, then there can't be, people say like a rhythm of grace, they can't, if it's hard, there's not a grace on it, which means it's not of God. Listen, I, I just can't point to that truth anywhere. I would go so far as to tell you that if it's hard, it's probably right. Right, I, it, my Bible doesn't tell me anybody that had an easy run from start to the finish, and it was all you know rainbows and pixies and, and you know and, and fairy dust. It was hard. It was horrible. In fact, it ended up in some people losing their entire life over the cause. Right, and so when it's hard, you've just got to keep going. Right, but you're calling, you're calling for business. People are flopping and chopping and changing. Oh, I don't know. I'm, I'm, you get, you get a good. Customer says they want to buy from you, I'm called to this. Customer says I'm leaving you, I don't think I'm called to this. Listen, you can't scale a business because you won't stay in the game long enough to be scaling a business if you're flip-flopping about whether you're called to this. There is one clear way to work out if you're called to this, and that is this, you're in business. Because he's either sovereign or he's not. He either got you there or he didn't, right? And so all these people, and and so they never actually go anywhere and penetrate and create momentum because they're always half in, half out, half in, half out, you know, and and those people are not commercial enough to build a great business. And so, you know, you've just got to understand that the calling, you know, that the anointing slash calling was in you from the very beginning before the foundation of the earth he called you to be doing this, right? He wanted you now on earth to be playing a part in advancing the kingdom on earth now. Right, And so you second guessing it just means that you cannot reach your potential and you cannot be your best and that playing small is helping nobody. So stop second guessing the calling and start committing 100% to the, to the fact that you are called to grow and scale a business right now. Hey, I wanted to jump in here during the podcast and let you know about Greenhouse Media. It's one of the service offerings inside the Business Greenhouse suite of services. And it's essentially, we're a full-service, digital marketing agency. And there's a lot of agencies out there, but there's a couple of things that make us unique. The first thing is, is that I'm only interested in business results. I'm not out there trying to get people more comments, more likes, more shares. I just want to drive people results that matter. Good quality phone calls, good quality lead forms, ultimately the lead generator that helps you scale your business. The second thing that makes us unique is we're a collaborative team under one roof. So whereas in years gone by you might have one provider for your website, one provider for SEO, one provider for Google, and then if things don't work they all point the finger, we are all accountable and collaborative to make sure that we together work on achieving the outcomes you want. So we've got hundreds of clients and thousands of campaigns running across Australia and beyond uh, and Jamie heads up as Head of Strategy that side of the business. Jamie, why don't you tell us some of the results that we've had with our clients recently? Yeah, we've taken hundreds of businesses across different industries um, through our process. Um, some standouts for me over the last 12 months. We took a plumbing company um, from one location to four locations across three states, um, all through a website built by our team, Google Ads and Facebook Ads. Um, we scaled an e-commerce business, we doubled their revenue in the last 12 months, and they had their best year yet. Um, We took a mechanic in Sydney from, you know, very few leads to over 350 phone calls um, per month, um, over six months. Um, We also work with smaller budgets, so we took a a small carpenter in Sydney um, with only $500 a month and got them a $20,000 job in their first month of ads. So, um, a lot of good results, but they're the standouts for me in the last 12 months. Some great stories. You know, ultimately we're marketers, we're not people that just put ads together. There's plenty of those, but we think like marketers to drive actual results. If I've piqued your interest, then click on the link below, head over to our page, uh, and there you'll find a diary. You can book a time that suits you, and Jamie and I will jump on a call with you and ascertain what are the business results you need and can we get them for you. All right, let's get back to the podcast. The second thing I want you to stop doing is you've gotta stop being driven by your feelings. Listen, feelings lie. Feelings are liars, right? I can prove it to you, right? My alarm goes off 5.45. Uh, I have a gym inside my house, Uh, squat rack, dumbbells, kettlebells, those kind of things. It's like there is not one morning that I want to go down and train. Not one. There never has been one. There will never be one, right? I want to do about 463 other things. If I was led by my feelings, right, I wouldn't be doing this podcast right now. I'd be sitting on TV watching some dumb show, right, that would be my feelings. You know, if if I was driven by feelings, I wouldn't have hired a bunch of people because that's hard work. If I was driven by feelings, I wouldn't have hired people because they might let me down one day, right? It's just, you cannot grow a business and be driven by feelings. They lie to you all the time, right? And, and, and it's almost one of the ch- changes that we've got across the body of Christ today is as a prophetic culture has crept in, right, which we live in more and more of an, an awareness around the prophetic today, as a prophetic culture has come in, which is brilliant, by the way, right, you know, hear the word from the Lord and execute it on earth. But that's been kind of mixed in with feelings and being led by feelings. And I've got to say to you, you cannot build something great if you're led by feelings. So what should you be led by? You should be led by vision and Holy Spirit, right? Holy Spirit, you should be so intimate that you hear what's going on and you just go and move, even when you don't want to, right? You know, I I can't imagine, you know, Esther was like, inspired and feeling great about going to the king um, to ask to reverse the edict when the most likely outcome was to take off a head. I can't imagine that you know when the word came to Moses to go and get the people out of Egypt that he was jumping with joy. In fact scripture says he wasn't he's like oh yeah like me like of all people like and he knew I was he was wanted on murder you know back there um, like I, I you know Jesus says for the joy set before me endures the cross but like that's an anomaly, right? Most people, when they when they have those feelings, the feelings actually detract you. So you've got to be driven by your own vision and the Holy Spirit. When I say vision, I mean, well the Lord gives you a vision to grow and scale your business, to have an impact, to lead people, to change your communities, to fund your church and your projects, right? That vision is what you want to be led by, right? All, all the little things in the way, those feelings are stopping you. I don't want to make sales calls because somebody might reject me. They're feelings, they're lying to you. Get on the phone right? Oh, I don't want to have to, you know, open a second location because I'll be like busy on the road and I'll I'll be tired. No, just get it done, right? You're driven by vision. If He gives you a vision, build a vision, understanding that all the feelings that you have, right, they're lying to you and they're going to make you play small. Be driven by vision, be driven by the Holy Spirit and stop listening to your own feelings because they will always make you go back to what's comfortable. The third thing I want you to stop doing is stop analyzing the money, right? There's a lot of people that spend a lot of their time analyzing the financial element of being called to business. I want to make some money, but I don't want to be too much. But if I'm too profitable, money's gonna make me greedy. I I want fifty thousand units, and I there's like there's this whole conversation around should I be wealthy? Should I not? Is that a problem? How much should I tithe? Should I tithe on my gross, my profit, my revenue, my income? Should I tithe on the coconuts and like fifty thousand conversations around the money? Listen, forget it. It's a byproduct. It is a byproduct of Working really, really hard, serving people, helping them out, innovating great products, right? Just put your focus there. Stop worrying about the money. Sure, you've got to make p work, you've got to be financial, you've got to do that. That's like three minutes a day, right? But people are just labouring and spending hours questioning this money thing, and yet it's an uncontrollable. It's a result of 4,000 other actions or inactions, right? So just focus on them. When you find yourself thinking about money, and is it bad, am I gonna get greedy, am I gonna become a bad is it gonna, don't worry about all that, just focus on what's the next product? How can I help more people? How do I serve more people? How do I love all more people? Because that's what actually ends up, you, you know, giving you the, the bigger money in the end, all right? But a lot of people spend so long stressing over, you know, making this money thing right, and yet it's like, you haven't got any to count. So why are you stressing about amount of money that isn't even there yet, right? Go make it and then let the problem become real and the Lord will speak to you about how to handle it and stop worrying about it now. The fourth thing I want you to stop as a result of this podcast is stop sharing your vision with religious people. And just to give you some context, when I say religious people, I mean those religious numpties that... Um, that aren't actually for you, right? Uh, And they make it look like they're interested in the kingdom of God, but actually all they're interested in the kingdom of self and they pull everybody down as they go to try and make themselves feel taller. I'm sure you've met those people, right? We all have an inner Pharisee that we have to deal with. Right? But here's the problem, and this happened to me when I was a, you know, a, a, an early stage Christian. The Lord's given me this vision to you know, build a training academy for Kingdom entrepreneurs and use businesses and, and train people how to build businesses so they can fund projects and fund their churches and, and finally get a voice in society and be a resource to their community. And like, I was sharing it with people, not realising that I didn't have to share it with everybody And so I would share it with some people and they were kingdom and they were entrepreneur and they would cheer me on and push me forward. I would share it with other people and they would just literally try and put a pin in the vision and the dream. Why? Listen, it was their problem, not mine. And and here's what I realised after a period of time. I don't have to share my vision with religious people because there's a reason why God gave the vision to me and not to them. But I'm meant to carry it, they're not. So it's outside their frame of reference. So they've got nothing to do but be religious about it and put a pin in it and try and pull it down, okay? Poke fun at it, right? Have a go at it, so forth. Now, am I saying don't ever spend time with those people? Maybe that's between you and that's a different podcast, right? About what friends group you've got. I'm talking about taking your vision and just be careful who you share it with. Because if those people that you share your vision with are not the people that are going to champion you, they're not your people that have your best interest, they're not going to move you forward, they're not going to inspire you, not going to challenge you to be better, then you need to stop sharing your vision with those people, all right? You know, one of the reasons why I built a community that's, you know, mostly in Australia but starting to form around the world now, is because I want you to have that community of people that know I could trust you enough to champion you forward, So, who when times are tough are saying, you've got this, dig in, not people that are saying, go back to what's comfortable, right? You've probably got people in your life that have made it their ministry to lower the bar for you, right? I have them all the time. I have people that reach out to me through social media. I've never met them and they say the Lord has told me to tell you that you're doing it wrong. You know, for all these 75 different ways that you're doing it all wrong. It's like, okay, but I see fruit. So as long as I see fruit, I'm not gonna listen to some random religious stranger from the other side of the world, right? So just get really clear who you share it with and you do not have to share your vision with everybody and you need to really discern who you share it with because they will put a pin in your idea and get you second-guessing what's going on. Listen, religious people prefer the old, right? You've only got to go back to Jesus's day, right? The people, you know, the the people that knew the most scriptures failed to recognize the scriptures when they turned up as a person, right? Because they preferred the old, right? And so you've got to find those people that prefer the new and want to champion you to your new future, all right? So you've got to stop sharing your people with those, your vision with those religious people. And the fifth thing I want you to stop questioning is your work ethic. Of course, right? You know, work is a gift. As entrepreneurs, as kingdom entrepreneurs, we want to work hard. We have a natural, you know, propensity to work hard. You know, if I think about my life, I was not particularly academic. I didn't enjoy school. I found it was too linear for me for the way that I wanted to learn. I had to go through school because it's illegal not to. And so, you know, it's like I, I, if I looked at the people in my classes who were getting the best results, I was like, cool, I'm, I can't win them. I, I won't be able to win them on, you know, like, like general knowledge or, the, you know, the test-taking type. I won't be able to beat them on that. But I've got another gig that will probably outperform them by a mile. This is what I was thinking at school. It's like, I'll just work harder than they ever will. It's worked out incredibly well for me, right? And so there's a natural propensity for me to want to work. I like working long hours. I like working intensely, right? And, and, and for me, it's kind of not work anyway, right? You know, there's obviously days that flat out suck. We, you know, we're all going to have those. Or seasons maybe where, you know, like it's you, you're not coming together or whatever, tired. It's like that, that's all fine. That's, that's part of the journey. But actually work is a gift. And, uh, and if you go right back to Adam, you know, it was one of the first commands to Adam, go work the garden. It's a gift for us to be able to turn something into, for nothing into something, right? And, and create And so we want to do that. You know what's interesting for me? Um, The people that tried to pull down my work ethic were the people that were just straight out lazy, right? They were lazy and they were pushing their laziness on me. And it's funny because all those people that tried to, when they did literally poke their finger at me and tell me I'm striving and all those sort of things, when I looked at the fruit in their life, it was literally a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding on the arms and poverty will come on you like a bandit. I haven't met anybody that has produced a great business and great wealth over a long period of time that tells me, right, that I need to stop or slow down or I'm striving, right? They might try and give some guidance on boundaries, but but they, they appreciate the fact that working really hard and putting in long hours and doing it for a sustained period of time is what creates a big business, is what creates a legacy, is what creates an asset base that looks after multiple generations behind you. I don't come from a family of money, that's fine. It's my job to start that journey, okay? And create that inheritance, which includes a financial aspect, right? So for me to produce that, I've got to overwork right now. And for me, it's a gift. So when you go to those people and they start to pull you down, you're working too hard, actually stop listening to them and stop questioning that natural gift you've got to want to go and do business And sure, it may not fit in a nine-to-five structure. But here's the thing. The nine-to-five structure is only... 200 years old anyway right it's a new thing so so sure you may not fit something but who's to say you have to who's to say that you don't find your way of doing it where you get up at five and you work till seven and then you get the kids up or whatever and then you run them to school and then you work from 10 to 2 and then you pick the kids up and you run them home and this one and then you get back and you have dinner and then you work at the night time and you can figure out how you need to manage you but there are people that will look upon your life and they will want to pull you down because they it's outside of their realm, right? That They've already sold their dreams out. They're, they're not interested in chasing something great. And so their job is to make sure that you don't as well and you need to stop listening to those people. You know, I, I don't know whether I was talking to you on all five of those, probably not, but there'd be one, two, three, or maybe five of those that would really jump out at you. And I want to hear what they are in the comments, all right? W- what What are the areas that you need to really stop right now and please understand that me saying all of things is out of love i want you to be the best you can possibly be but to be the best you've got to stop some things all right to be the best you've got to stop some things when i first set out to start my training academy for christian entrepreneurs you know obviously i've 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 been around the marketplace enough to know that there are a hundred gurus out there who basically you know have worked out how to say slick words to tickle your ears so that you can buy more products from them i personally hate that world um it's borderline witchcraft i decided when i set out to be the merchant of truth and i knew full well that if i told the truth it wouldn't lead to as many short-term outcomes as i could get if i went down a different avenue but I just knew that that's the way that I wanted to go. I would rather tell you the truth and and, and paint an ugly picture than, than try and put it through rose glasses and and sell you something that's that's not going to work. And so that's my motivation for being a bit frothy with you on this episode. All right, uh, if you're listening to this on a podcast that you know and not on YouTube, do me a favor. Come find me on social and send me your feedback. What do you need to stop? doing all right love you guys heaps and i'll see you on the next episode